Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Well, welcome back. Hour number two. Joe Beamer in for Mark Reardon here on 97.1 FM Talk. Great to be with you two weeks from Christmas. I, uh, it's been a great year. I'm going to talk about that later on in the show. But it's been a great year. Uh, I'm excited for these next two weeks. I hope they go very slowly, obviously, take in the holiday spirit. It's very interesting going around, uh, going on around me here uh, in, in western New York. We're, we're setting up for our first client party at Odyssey Buffalo since the pandemic. Ooh. So we're finally getting the clients back. This studio that I'm really the only person who's used it uh, since 2020. Uh, they were in here decorating, and then, you know, I was like, I'm sorry, I have to use this. So I'm in a half-decorated studio, uh, but I'm excited. I love anything holiday-related. I'm, I'm all for. So holiday party, we've got the employee party tomorrow and the uh, client party on Thursday. So, Ooh. you know, here's what I say, Sue. This is what I say about client parties or any kind of holiday party. Just be smart. You know, get an Uber, get some kind of, you know, just have a plan and have fun. I wish they had Ubers for overeating. You know? <laughs> Well, they do. You have might Uber. be onto something, Fred. <laughs> yeah, they have Ubers that will help you overeat, right? With oh, the, that's the true. Deliveries. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could just wear your stretchy pants, Fred. That might solve the entire problem. I think I'll do that. Okay. <laughs> well, it is that time uh, as we hit four ten. It is time uh, every day for Sue's news. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. <laughs> and now, Sue's News, sponsored by Mr. Appliance, speedy expert service. Call 636-674-6446. Did anybody see Mark's photos inside the sphere with yeah, you two? Holy it was pretty cow. Amazing. It's huge. It's huge. And this, the screen was The screen amazing. was huge, and you two looked really tiny. Well, <laughs> I mean, that may just be his seats, of course. But I can't wait to hear about the sphere. I mean, it, it, have you seen this thing, Joe, uh, in Vegas, the sphere? They turn it into an eyeball at night, but you two is, is there as the first inaugural band. They got the first residency there. It yeah. looks awesome. It's been five years since I went to to Vegas. I was I went to Ve- I used to go to Vegas twice a year, and then I met my wife, and I haven't I haven't been since. But uh, <laughs> I love Vegas, and it looks like a really fun time. Well, the fact that he's in there and that it's uh, uh the whole thing is lit up. I I yeah, I really look forward to hearing about it. It, it takes like a month for them to put together the program for the show. I read because I was hoping that Kiss would say, hey, this really isn't our last show and do a show at the Sphere. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, that would have been something. 
On this day in history, this has some musical, Abby. 43 years ago, I don't know how that's possible, but in 1980, this show originated. Fred, talk to me. I'm still trying to figure it out. What? Oh. I know I've watched it. I don't know if we could speak anymore after this. This is Magna P.I. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Magna P.I. Oh, my gosh. And now, I used to work uh, overnights at the classical station when it was here, and I so loved Tom Selleck that I would put on Beethoven's Fifth and go to the conference room and watch this when it was on Channel 11 at night. Tom Selleck, people. I think my mother-in-law like had this huge crush oh, yeah. on Tom Selleck. Oh, so great. 43 years ago it debuted. And 42 years ago, in 1981, Muhammad Ali fought his 61st and final fight. That was 42 years ago today. He lost to Trevor Burbick. Uh, the greatest finished his career 56-5 and five with 37 knockouts. Wow. That was a what different a time, wasn't it? The, the coverage of boxing yeah, it really was, was amazing back then. And uh, this one has a little bit of music. Now, this song always drove me nuts, but 41 years ago today, this song was number one. Tony Basil. Right? Tony Basil. Nice job, Fred. Yeah. And, of course, she was wearing it. It's one of the worst videos. She's just in a cheerleader's uniform, which I was reminded of today when I pulled this for Abby. Just her jumping around in it. Yeah, okay. That does nothing. This but was my favorite song. Was for it? a long time as oh a kid. Oh, my god. Yeah. It still gets stuck in my head. Like, it'll randomly just pop in, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, love this song. Oh, that's hilarious. So. You have had some interesting parenting. <laughs> uh, but I'm not anti your mother who loves Duran Duran. <laughs> now, there is a story. This time of year... Porch piracy is a thing. How bad is it in Buffalo, Joe? Is this uh, how bad is it? Oh yeah, we we just uh, did a story last week on uh, the upticks in porch pirates, and I uh, had a few police chiefs on to comment on it. What did they say? Is there anything you can do? Uh, well, I mean, the number one thing is to have someone there to to bring uh, your boxes. Well, in, that's or, great. That's or not to put work. a locked box that only the delivery person knows. But then that could cause some confusion if you have a different person doing the route, say for FedEx or UPS. Uh, mm, that's actually a good thought. I hadn't really ever thought of that. I mean, yes, there's a downside, but putting a box out there hadn't occurred to me. Atlanta, they say, is one of the safest cities when it comes to package thefts. This is according to a report from SafeWise, which says it does research to make homes and communities safer. Seattle, Memphis, San Diego, Denver, and Birmingham are all among the worst when it comes to porch piracy. Now, I have a camera out there, a knockoff ring, and I can see who would have done it, but that's not going to catch anybody. You know, this over the weekend, we thought for sure we had a package that was stolen. Because, Ooh. you know, we got the, the email that said, it's been delivered, and I'm out there looking, and it's not there. Yeah. And then, like, maybe three hours later, I thought, maybe they put it in the mailbox. It was small enough. Did it they? was in the mailbox. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I understand how that goes. Um, so we'll see. Have you ever had anything stolen, Abby, off the porch? I haven't. No, I've had a similar situa- situation as Fred where it's been in the mailbox. And now? It's nah. It's always been fine. Or you could be like me and plug in the doorbell uh, to recharge it, put it under the couch, and then think your doorbell was stolen because you don't remember <laughs> where you put it. Thank you. Thank you so much. A 17-year-old boy just became the youngest 
to pass the California bar exam. 17. Wow. Four years ago, at age 13, he started high school and simultaneously enrolled in a four-year program at Northwestern California University School of Law. You know, like you do. Oh, yeah. I was just watching uh, wrestling at that age. (laughs) (laughs) Right? He said, quote, I aspire to become a prosecutor, which kind of gives me hope, because I am driven by a moral obligation to uphold liberty, equality, and justice in society. (laughs) All right, well, let's hope he does that. The BBC is reporting that officials in Europe have come up with the first laws in the world to regulate AI use. Now, they've got a provisional agreement that has been reached, but the European Parliament Parliament won't actually vote on it until next year. It involves things like safeguards and limitations. Uh, It allows consumers to lodge complaints that could lead to fines for violators. Uh, Supporters say it's at least a starting point to deal with AI as it goes nuts. I I heard a story over the weekend that Seattle's having a big problem with um, AI-generated phone calls, but they're like faking your child's voice. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we've had that scam before. Yes. But it's going big now in Seattle. I didn't think about that. Of course, a scammer could just AI. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. How is the AI? Do you have those scams going on in uh, in New York State? Uh, I mean, the phone scams are huge. You know, yeah. hey, we have, um, I'm so, you know, this is your grandson. And I need a thousand dollars. That's, I mean, I- I've done shows on that because uh, so many people, you know, I mean, they call enough people until someone falls for it. And uh, it- it's sad, but, you know, people feel like they're up against it and a member of their family needs help. Uh, and now, like Fred said, with AI, if they can imitate the voice. That's scary. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, it's easier and easier with TikTok to find someone's voice. And mm-hmm. all you need is AI to, to imitate that. But have you guys played around with AI at all? Have you gone on the apps and you know said, hey, make me a stadium in the middle of the water or something like that? Uh, no. I have not. I used one to try to make a crochet pattern. I just told it make me a, a bear, and it was not good. Really? No. What did it, it was, look like? Well, I didn't try to make it, but I could just tell the increases and decreases were going to make a bear. Oh, okay. It was going to make a, a like a snowman, oh, really. Oh, well, so, that's similar. Yeah. Okay, AI, that's <laughs> Uh, great. Uh, they say that China and the U.S. is going to try to catch up because it's just going out of control already. Mm-hmm. And they just want to get some sort of control over the whole thing. Now, Joe loves Christmas, so I'm doing this story. Are you a Christmas super fan? Then the place to be right now is West Virginia. An annual study found it's the most festive state in the U.S. Now, they ranked Christmas spirit all 50 states by looking at Google searches like Christmas decorations or Googling Christmas songs or wrapping paper. West Virginia is the most festive state in America for the second year in a row. It ranked first in searches for songs, decorations, wrapping paper, ornaments, terms like Santa Claus, Christmas Eve. Maybe they're just not that bright, Fred, but they are using this as number one. Now, Idaho has the second most Christmas spirit, followed by Utah, Nebraska, New Hampshire, Missouri. Huh? More Christmas spirity. Wisconsin, blah, blah, blah. But here's the bad news. The Grinchiest state's number one New York state. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Doesn't surprise me. Uh Uh-uh. I got caught watching uh, my first Christmas movie. Did you call Mark? 
It should have been on Hallmark. What I think was it was on? on the BYU channel. Oh, wow, Fred. And that's serious. It was serious. Christmas in Cape Cod. Oh. And I'm serious. It was like 90 minutes. Of, it was wonderful. It was just this oh. simple, fun movie that I watched again. Was it a small <laughs> town, Fred? It once. I was it a big town, a large town girl who, who grew up in a small town but had to go to the big city and work a real job? And then she went back to see her you family and got stuck there because the train didn't work. What? That was pretty, pretty, pretty Thank close. Thank you. I can uh, write these. A, a, big town, a big town woman who came back yes. to her hometown to uh, get her family's home. Yes, you know, Fred, that's make real. it look like Christmas again, mm-hmm. and then they wanted to sell it, but she didn't want to move. She didn't want to move because Fred. her longtime boyfriend yes. is still there. And she, but at fell first in they love. didn't get they didn't get along when they first ran into that's each other right. again. That right, and there was confusion accurate. because he went out to eat with his sister, and she thought it was a new girlfriend. <laughs> oh my! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is a great. shocking I twist. It. I love it. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I kind of like that. We, do, when would Marie catch you? Oh what, no! No, I was oh, going to no. say, who caught you? Uh, that's kind of funny. A historic building in Canada had to be moved in order to save it and give it a new foundation. And the construction crew were having trouble, or was having trouble with you know just moving the top of it. So they got seven hundred bars of ivory soap. No. Yes. And just neat, 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 neat along it so it would just be able to smoothly come off the foundation. It took 700 bars of soap. Uh, The building weighs over 200 tons, or that's about a half million pounds. So they used it to help the building glide across a steel frame. Foreman joked that it wasn't much of a cleanup. They were already had clean hands, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. But the fact that somebody actually did that is kind of surprising to me. I, how much soap do you need? Well, 700 and ivory. Why we chose that? Is it cheaper? I would think it would have been more for like a half million pounds. I would have yeah. thought so too, but apparently not. And uh, finally, our, our happy story of the day, a 17-year-old in Stockton, California named L. Gianelli is doing Socks for Seniors. It's a Socks for Seniors campaign again for the holidays. She sends silly socks and kind notes to nursing homes around the country just to make people smile. She started in seventh grade. She's done it for four years. She's sent nearly 5,000 pairs of socks to 92 nursing homes across 48 states. She raises money on it for GoFundMe if you want to help her out. Socks, the number four. Seniors. That's Isn't that kind of sweet? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sue's News brought to you by Mr. Appliance Speedy Expert Service. Call 636-674-6446. And finally in Sue's News, we have today's random fact. <clears throat> Before Paul Schaefer was David Letterman's band leader, did you know this? He co-wrote the song It's Raining Men. It's Raining no. Men was co-written by... Paul Schaefer. I did not know that. I didn't either. In 1979 with Paul Jabera. But that's it for Sue's News. I miss Paul Schaefer. I miss David Letterman, Paul Schaefer. You know, back when late night television was watchable and they had real guests, not, you know, Elizabeth Warren and Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Let me ask you. So uh, have you found the Christmas movies on GAC? I have not. Yes. So a lot of the Hallmark people moved over to GAC family. Uh, and now they're doing Christmas movies there. The problem is, if the people at GAC are listening, 
put your movies on in, at the hour after so they don't start the same time as Hallmark. So if mm-hmm. if I want if I get into the Hallmark one and it sucks at nine, I can go to the GAC one. This it, is just a little. That's a really good piece of advice. Do you hear that, Fred? Yeah, I did. Okay, that, good. that makes sense. I just want so. to make sure. All right. Well, thank you for that. And yeah. that's it for Sue's News. Well, thank you, Sue. When we come back, we're going uh, to the White House. Jeff Mordock from the Washington Times. He's the White House correspondent. Uh, lots to talk about there, and we will do so after this. It's Joe Beamer in for Mark Reardon. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Yes, welcome back. Joe Beamer in for Mark Reardon here on 97.1 FM Talk. And we are joined this segment by Jeff Mordock of the Washington Times. He's the White House correspondent. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back, Joe. Good good to hear from you. Yeah, good talking with you. And let's start uh, with, well, we're going to talk a lot about the Biden administration. Uh, but let's start with his polling numbers. And, uh, Jeff, we talked about a month ago, they haven't gotten any better for the president. No, in fact, they've gotten worse. And it's interesting because you're starting to see more segmented polls. And each of those polls are starting to show bad news for the president. There's a poll coming out today showing that he's trailing Trump in Georgia and Michigan, which would be a complete reverse of 2020. We're seeing support among Democrats drop. We're seeing support among Muslim Americans drop. We're seeing support among black Americans drop. And this election is going to be so tight and so contested that the last thing any of those candidates need is an erosion of their base. And it seems like he's starting to peel away from him. And what will probably happen is I don't expect them to flock to Donald Trump, but I think what we could see is a lot of them staying home. And we saw that last month in uh, the Louisiana governor's race, uh, frustrated Democrats stayed home. And that's going to be a real problem for Joe Biden. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Michigan and Georgia. We've seen polling out of Nevada and Arizona um, that is looking favorable for Trump. And you pointed out, uh, Jeff, it's not, you know, you break down those numbers in those states. I mean, we're talking about um, uh, 
polling that Joe Biden needs, uh, people that Joe Biden needs to show up to the polls. And it seems like every time one of these polls comes out, he's losing uh, the voters he needs most. And he's losing on the same. Well, other than the the, um, Muslim Americans who are upset over his unabashed support for Israel, if you look at the demographics who typically come out to support him, where they're frustrated is the same thing everybody else is frustrated on the economy, inflation, prices. That's what it keeps coming back to. And this administration just doesn't seem to ever want to take that seriously. No, and it seems like, Jeff, every day an, another bad poll for Biden comes out, they just go back to the, well, you know, Donald Trump will be bad for democracy. Like, that's clearly not working. And it seems like that's all the Biden administration has. And, you know, that's exactly right. There's, and, you know, there are, what's interesting, there are a few things that this administration can run on. Uh, Biden, his, his drug deal, he, he lowered the price of prescription drugs. That is a legitimate accomplishment he can run on and make that argument. His bipartisan infrastructure bill, we can talk about how bloated it is, but in the end, it does fund some things that need to be funded. That's something else he can talk about. He has legitimate things he can talk about, and he never wants to talk about them. All he wants to talk about is how Donald Trump is bad for democracy and paint all the people who voted for Donald Trump in a bad light. And you got to run on what you've accomplished. You've got to run for something. You can't run against somebody that never works. I mean, if you go all the way back to um, um, the the gentleman in New York who ran against Hillary Clinton for Senate back in 2000. His whole campaign was, I'm not Hillary Clinton, and he got trounced. That people don't like that. They want you to say what you will do for them. Speaking of things that don't work, uh, Hunter Biden uh, is back in the news. <laughs> and uh, Jeff, uh, I mean, the more that comes out with Hunter Biden, you've now got the congressional investigation that it, it looks like it's starting to point fingers back to uh, Joe Biden. This is the worst time for the uh, Biden administration and Biden campaign uh, to have to deal again with Hunter. Well, the thing about it is, the thing about it is you've got um, it takes away one of their key talking points, because as we talked about, they're trying to run on Trump being a threat to democracy. They're also trying to run on Trump being corrupt and point to the 91 criminal charges that have been filed against it. And that takes this off the table because it gives the Trump campaign and Republicans an opportunity to point to all the scandals surrounding Hunter Biden and the smoke that leads to Joe Biden, um, you know. You know, we haven't unveiled the smoking gun yet that if there is one, I should say, tying Joe to it. But there's certainly a lot of things that raise suspicions and make you wonder. And you definitely want more information that takes that off the table. You know, great examples. Did you notice how much the Biden administration was hammering Trump on the classified documents last summer until they discovered his own classified documents? Now, you don't hear a peep about that from the Biden campaign. That's a, that's a great point. And, you know, looking at uh, Hunter Biden and the ongoing investigation, has anyone in the White House commented on a possible impeachment inquiry happening in Congress? No, it's interesting what they try to do, what their strategy has been. And trust me, I get these emails every day. and I'm fascinated with their strategy is they they take quotes from Speaker Mike Johnson before he was speaker when he was highly skeptical of the um, of the uh, of the impeachment inquiry. And they try to paint Mike Dunn as a flip flopper, as a guy who didn't support this until he came in and was elected speaker of the House. And now he's gung ho about it. 
that never addresses any of the issues that are being brought forth. There's never a defense of them. You know, a great example is, I don't know if you remember this um, from earlier this year, when the White House came out and they, they sent that memo to reporters urging them to be more skeptical and show more discretion when it comes to reporting on um, the, the impeachment inquiry and what's uncovered and what's not uncovered. And I always found that really interesting because it was such a half-hearted attempt to play hardball. Like there's ways this administration could play hardball with the Republicans. They could trot Hunter Biden out and have him explain very forcefully what he did, what he didn't do. And instead, all they did is just piss and moan about the media coverage. And I, I found that really interesting. And that seems to be their strategy here. They never want to mount a defense. They just want to complain about things. They, we want to complain about the press coverage. We want to complain that Mike Johnson didn't support it. Now he does. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they're, they're upset that the, uh, the media that's usually on their side is, uh, is doing a little reporting. And finally, Jeff, uh, the president is campaigning uh, in Pennsylvania. Is this a kickoff to his 2024 campaign? Well, his, his 2024 campaigns kick, kicked off earlier. I mean, it kicked off in the spring. He's had a few campaign events. Um, but it's interesting that he went to Philadelphia today because it seems that he's very concerned about Philadelphia, about Philadelphia in Pennsylvania because he, he could go to Milwaukee. He could go to um, Phoenix, a lot of places he could go. And it's interesting that he's going and he met with firefighters and the firefighters union and what it was was they approved a $22 million grant to reopen three fire stations in Philadelphia. This administration, and every administration, the Trump administration, the Obama administration, the Biden administration, they, they approve grants for projects like this all the time. There's nothing it, – it's a good thing. They all do it. But there's nothing particularly special or unique about this grant. The fact that President Biden felt the need to go to Philadelphia, trump this – pardon the pun – trump up this grant um, – mingle with firefighters, which, by the way, the International Association of Firefighters, which usually is pretty reliable about coming out for Biden, has not endorsed him yet. It's not clear why. But it shows all of that that he's doing, all that shows he feels he needs to shore up his base. You know, usually at the early stage of a campaign, you shore up your base, and then you try and go out and reach the independents and undecideds and make your case. Here we are with this election less than a year away, and he's in Philadelphia trying to shore up his base and trying to get the firefighter vote. Uh, sign of uh, sign of things to come. Hey, Jeff, always great uh, checking in with you. I'm sure we'll talk uh, again soon, but have yourself a great holiday. Talk to you in 2024. You too. Um, I, I look forward to it. Thank you. That is Jeff Mordock. He is the White House correspondent for the Washington Times. Always great catching up with Jeff. When we come back, Frank Cusimano, he's the sports director at KSDK, talking about uh, the Otani deal, the Blues on a losing streak, and what Fred says is a controversial call that um, in the Kansas City Bills game yesterday. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We'll be back after this. Yes, Joe Beamer in for Mark Reardon. Uh, welcome back, 97.1 FM Talk. And we are joined by the sports director of KSDK, Frank Cusimano. Frank, 
Happy Monday. Good to be with you, Joe. I know I'm not doing as well as you after your Buffalo Bills escape with a big win over the Chiefs. Yeah, let's let's start right there. Uh, classic Bills form. Uh, they played a great first half and then kind of disappeared in the second half, uh, but were able to pull out the win. Uh, Frank, everyone's talking about that lateral play that got called back. What's your take on it? Well, here's my take. In the beginning of a game, if that happens, referees are inclined to tell the receiver before the ball is snapped, hey, take a step back. At the end of the game, they're inclined not to. Bottom line is you can't swallow the whistle. A penalty is a penalty, and it's atrocious that a wide receiver cannot line up where he should. I mean, it, it, it took away from one of the greatest plays in the NFL this season. It's a shame, but the officials made the right call, and they can't be doing, you know, policing and helping out NFL players late in the game. Yeah, uh, and after that, the Bills' defense did show up uh, for the second, third, and fourth down. But now the Kansas City Chiefs find themselves in a place uh, where they have not been too familiar. They're not battling for first place. They are, uh, are leading the division by one game. Uh, they've got some meaningful games down the stretch here. And here's the thing, too, is with the Chiefs, is if you get the 20 points against the Kansas City Chiefs, you win. I think they're 0-5 against teams that have scored 20 or more. It's clearly not the same explosive Chiefs team. And I think it's almost arrogance that Andy Reid and that personnel chief a GM with the Chiefs thought that they could get by and win without a wide receiver. I mean, I'm not saying you have to have, you know, superstars, but you've got to have good wide receivers. And they've had them in the past. They've let them go. And, you know, they're, they're, they knew this at the beginning of the season because they were bad early. They could have made an adjustment at the deadline. It's a shame that Patrick Mahomes in the prime of his career is no longer throwing to a good wide receiver. Yeah. I, uh, now, I've got to ask you this, uh, Frank. I know you're, you're focused in on the, on the Chiefs, but the Bills now, they've got the Cowboys, the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Dolphins left. Uh, you think the Bills sneak into the playoffs? Task, but I just love the way Josh Allen played in the first half. You know, I, I you know I would not bet against Josh Allen and the Chiefs. I mean, the Bills find a way to usually get it done and get in there. I I, I think they're going to find a way to get in. Well, that's what I, that's what I like to hear. I hope so. Uh, big game here in Orchard Park uh, in six days. Let's go to the uh, to the ice, Frank, where the Blues have not won in a week. It seems like every time I'm filling in talking with you about the Blues, uh, they're streaking one way or the other. It's a very streaky team. What's going on it's, with the St. Louis well, Blues? Well, it's interesting because last Wednesday, Joe, they were up 3-1 to one against the defending Stanley Cup champion, Las Vegas Golden Knights. On Monday of that week, they played their best game of the season. So you're thinking, wait a minute, the Blues have turned the corner. They're going to rock and roll. They're going to win a home-and-home against Las Vegas. Well, since that moment, since they went into the locker room in the first period of that game, they've been outscored 13-3, to and they have a three-game losing streak, and the last two games have been losses to last-place teams. So... Um, this is a team that is not loaded with talent, but you thought with Craig Berube coaching them up, if they buy into a system, they can figure this thing out, maybe get that seventh or eighth playoff spot. But what we're seeing right now, it's trending the other way. 
Yeah, they got the uh, the Red Wings in town tomorrow at 7.30. And then uh, some baseball news. The Cardinals made a few moves. We'll talk about that in a second. But obviously the Otani deal uh, is getting all of the um, – all the focus, you know, here uh, out in Toronto, the Blue Jays, there was rumors that Otani was going to end up north of the border in Toronto. Uh, ends up that he's just moving down the street to the uh, Dodgers. $700 million deal, 10 years. Frank, is this deal worth it? Well, I think that the Los Angeles Dodgers are a pretty smart organization. And their analytics people and their business department determine that his brand – is going to be worth about $25 million. Um, that's, that's their determination. And then you throw in what he is, what he's worth on the field with 40 home runs, a hundred RBIs and the ability to really run. I mean, here's the thing too. He's not just a slugger. This is a guy in the last three years, only one person has had more home runs and only one person has had more triples. And then you throw in the fact that he has a sub three ERA. He got a pretty good all around player. Now, he's not going to pitch this year, and I will say this. This is his second Tommy John surgery, and uh, I talked to an orthopedic surgeon about this today. Like, when you have one Tommy John, Joe, you come back 90% of the time. When you had two Tommy Johns, you come back 50% of the time. I'm not sure if he's worth $70 million if he's not pitching, but I do think, you know, when he's right, there's, there's nobody better. And that Toronto rumor, Shohei Otani was never going to play baseball in Toronto, Canada. I can assure you of that. Well, you know, here it was a big rumor. Now, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge Mets fan, and I, know, I knew early on that Otani didn't want to play in New York. So uh, I, 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 did not, I was not, you know, holding my breath for the announcement. I knew he wasn't going to end up with, uh, with my Mets. But the, the sports talk in Toronto was, oh, my gosh, let me tell you, last Friday, uh, that's all they were talking about. Now, the St. Louis Cardinals uh, traded Tyler O'Neill to the Red Sox for two pictures. Uh, any big news in that trade? Well, I'm, the one thing about Tyler O'Neill is a few years ago when he was healthy, he was sixth or seventh in the MVP race in the National League. My, the scary thing for the Cardinals is next year, the trio of Adolis Garcia, Randy Rosarina, and Tyler O'Neill, all ex-Cardinal outfielders, they could hit a combined 100 home runs. And here are the Cardinals, they have an outfield where nobody coming back has hit even – 20 home runs in a season. But the Tyler O'Neill experiment, I guess, had to end. You know, he was basically healthy for one season here. It just wasn't going to work. They acquired a guy named Robertson who's big and strong and throws in the mid-90s. Maybe he's going to be a, a bullpen arm. I always liked Tyler O'Neill. It's just a shame he could not stay healthy. Let me tell you a quick little story. Is Whitey Herzog used to say that uh, baseball players are lifting weights too much and they're too muscular bound. He said they should spend their time every once in a while having a steak or a hot dog because, quote, you can't pull fat. <laughs> and uh, Tyler O'Neill just got so muscular that every time he ran, he'd pull the muscle. Yeah, well, that seems to, seems to be the issue. Now, uh, the pitcher that everyone's talking about out of Japan, Yamamoto, I hope I'm saying that right. Any chance he ends up here in St. Louis? Um. I don't think so. I think the Cardinals have already spent $100 million on the three pitchers they acquired, the three starting pitchers, um, Gibson, Lance Lynn, and Sonny Gray. I, I, I don't think he's in their budget, but I do think they should address it. I mean, I, I think that they have a number one in Gray, and then they have a bunch of fours and fives. 
and a guy like Yamamoto would just be perfect to be a one or a two. Uh, I just think they're going to get outbid for him. Do the Cardinals need to make some more moves before opening day? I mean, what needs to be addressed on this team uh, before April? Well, here's the thing, and I mentioned this before, is they seem to think that, that this outfield is set, and yet they don't have an outfielder coming back that has ever had a 20-home run season. So I would think a thumper in the outfield, the DH spot would be good, and then one more reliable bullpen arm, and then, you know, if they can acquire that two or three starter. Let me give you the story. Uh, Jorge Soler hit 36 home runs last year for the Marlins. He is out there as a free agent. I think if you plug that guy in as a DH and all of a sudden you've got his 30 home runs to go with Arenado's and Goldschmidt's who, who will hit a combined, you know, 55 to 60, then all of a sudden your lineup's pretty explosive. I, I don't, you know, John Mozeliak said that he was asked, do you think this is a championship contender? They're not a championship contender. They're not as good as the Dodgers, the Braves. No way. Hey, but, Frank, you know, always, I do think, Frank, always I do great think talking they're, with they're you. good enough to win the Central. Always great talking with you. Frank Cusimano, uh, sports director at KSDK, back after this. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.